This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. everybody to wrestling omakase it is episode number 133 and this week i am very pleased to be joined by a returning guest hello Haley. hello i am glad to be back yes uh when i so when i plugged you in the i forget which discord one of the two discords a couple people said they're happy to have you back on so um I don't know how often that doesn't happen super often. So <laughs> I guess I guess you can take that as a compliment, but uh right. and every other guest can take it as an insult. <laughs> I hope they do. <laughs> but how you been? Um I've been pretty good. Nothing really uh exciting has happened since the last time I was on. So, yeah. you know. Have you been watching Magia Record? Are you off to date? I think I'm up to date. Unless a new episode came out earlier today, I should be up to date because I've watched up to episode, I've watched up to episode seven. Okay, I think eight eight came out yesterday, so I guess you're one week behind. Yeah, yeah. I'll just watch so, that, that after like, this. What? Yeah, I mean it was it was very like uh, I don't know. It was a I sat down. I watched you know I watched that show with my girlfriend, and she was like very annoyed by the end of it because she's like. You know, I don't. I don't know. If she's like starting to get worried that they're not going to give a lot of answers. I guess <laughs> towards the end of the show, but uh, you know, there's like only five episodes left now, and I don't know. It's a very it is a very mysterious show, but it definitely seems to annoy me less than it, it annoys her. But you already know all the answers. I'm realizing, right? Because you played through the game. Uh, well, I started playing through the game. At some point, I got like really frustrated because, like, honestly, don't like the gameplay. So now I just like watch like the the stories on like youtube because people just put them up on there mm. um so i i think i'm like only a chapter behind so i i know most of the answers yeah okay so are is it without spoiling me is it uh, like is there going to be satisfactory explanations for what the hell's going on um <laughs> like, no. i'd say it's something that i guess leads to more questions but it's like a, a, there's some there's something big behind a lot of this that's a really okay. interesting development but it will definitely it will answer some questions but also bring up some new ones 
There you go. The Madoka lore. I wonder if it's my... I mean, my theory is that they're, like, in a different... Um, and, of course, like probably 99% of people have no idea what I'm talking about. But anyway, <laughs> my theory is that uh, they're in, like, one of these alternate timelines that Homer created when she kept going back over and over again. But I don't know. Maybe Do you want me to be. tell you? Because I don't, I don't. I don't want you to tell me. <laughs> it's okay. No, because I it's just... like something like that is like really obvious. Like, I guess in the game, yeah. There's I things see. in the game that are really obvious that haven't like been said in the show, and then there's things that um have been said in the show that I'm like, wait a minute, when did they cover that in the game? I don't remember that. Like when they I talk see. about her wish, like. I don't remember her like remembering her wish. Right. So I'm glad you're you're at least a little confused too. Everybody's confused. Yeah. I like the show is just so pretty though. So yeah. At the very least, it is like a ridiculously, uh, you know, attractive looking anime. So definitely can recommend it on those grounds. Although don't I don't know if people I don't know if people could watch it without watching Madoka first. I think they have to. Like (laughs) yeah, they probably. Cause, Cause, like, I know playing through the game, I'm like, this game's not going to make sense to anyone who hasn't watched like Madoka. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, with the anime, it was like even more so. I yeah. think. But uh, yeah. So everybody, go watch, go watch Madoka, go watch the Rebellion movie. Which uh, <laughs> I just, I we actually just rewatched the entire thing last weekend. We had like a three day weekend, I guess, just to just because it was on our mind for Magia record and it's still very good. Still enjoy it a lot, but uh, not breaking any news there, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know how you did. We never, I don't know if we talked about it last time, but what, were you one of the people that like, liked the ending of rebellion or one of the people that like hated it? I have, I have like complicated feelings on rebellion <laughs> that yeah. my main thing is, is that, I take it as like an alternate ending instead of as like the real ending. Like I take the show and like the implication of like, I I, I want to say stuff spoiling Madoka, but like, you know, there's, there's an implication of what, where Homer is going to go eventually. Um, So I take that as the true ending. And so to me, rebellion is like an alternate one. And if I take it like that, I actually really like it because I kind of like the idea of Homer making like the wrong choice because like at this point, like she's like, she's so like traumatized that of course she's going to like, to me, her choice, like it makes sense in that context, even if it's like the wrong thing to do. So I don't know. I think it's a really interesting movie, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, by the time she does, the thing I didn't realize watching Rebellion until like you know rewatching it again is like she gives you so many hints of what she's gonna do before she does it. Like she keeps, she basically tells them, "Do not save me!" Like over and over again uh, when they're you know trying to save her, and that's in the like fake city that she constructed. And then once they do save her. There's some line where she like she basically says like she knows what she's gonna do or she made her choice or something. I'm like, oh, okay, she already figured out that <laughs> she was gonna uh, pull her down from the heavens or whatever. But, yeah, yeah I mean, I've uh, actually I only saw Rebellion once, so now I'm gonna like I never 
I'm gonna, I guess, rewatch it soon so I can like look out for stuff like that. Yeah, there's a lot of like little hints and stuff, but uh, it's a really, it's a, it's like I don't know if I want to say like a really like uh, they they definitely you know drop hints of where it's going. But I mean, the show's like that too. Yeah. Where like if you don't if you don't know, like for the first time you watch, it, you have no idea what's going on, and the second or third time you watch it, like. Homer will tell you over and over again, like exactly what's going on, and like, but just in such cryptic language that there's no way you would have figured it out the first time. Exactly. Like, oh, okay, that's what she meant by that, and that's what she meant by this. And yeah, it's a very, uh, very well written show. Even though I know some people don't seem to like it, but it's yeah, I, I, I understand why it's divisive, but like, I like, I love it. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely one I recommend everybody listening to. Everybody listening to this, go out and watch. And it's on Hulu, so you can find it pretty easily. And on Netflix. It's on Netflix still, too? Okay. I, didn't I mean, I that. think so. I mean, last time I okay. watched it was on Netflix. All right. And I'm well, pretty sure it's also on Crunchyroll. So. Okay. It's all over the place. It's all over the place. <laughs> find Madoka. But um, that's not the main thing we're here to talk about today. We're here to talk about uh, professional wrestling. So... Um, we watch we well. I watch four Korkins. You watch three Korkins from New Japan, and that's the first thing we're going to talk about is these New Japan Korkins from this past week, and then we're also going to talk about the DDT Korkin from today, uh, Sunday, the Into the Fight Korkin. So let's get right into it here with the February nineteenth show, the Tiger Hattori Retirement Event. Now, this was the only one that you did not watch. You didn't have time to fit no. this one in. I so like I'll go, my my alarm on to get up to watch it, and then I slip through it. So, <laughs> well, what are you gonna do? But uh, it is the least essential, I would say, of the four shows. So I'm just gonna go through, um, you know, a few of the matches really quickly here. Um, you know, this is a, I mean, the, both the retirement shows had kind of, uh, I guess you would say, like pedestrian looking cards on paper. I think one of them was. Way better than the other one, um, which we'll get into when we talk about that one. But this show, you know, it's not like it was a bad show or anything. It's nothing that I would say was, like, painful to watch, but it was very skippable. I mean, of the four shows, definitely the uh, the least interesting actual matches. Uh, the main event was the second of the two Tiger Tori retirement matches, uh, Tetsuya Naito, Shingo Takagi, and Sonata, defeating Okada, Ishii, and Hiroki Gojo in 1557. Uh, Sonata pinning Goto at the O'Connor Bridge. Uh, I guess a little notable that Sonata got the pin there and kind of, you know, had been in like a little bit of a funk lately since he lost to Jay White uh, back at the New Beginning in Osaka. So you could say he maybe got out of it a little bit here and got some momentum going before the New Japan Cup. The match itself, you know, you had the, the Shingo and Ishii slugfest leading into their uh, title match the next night. Um Weirdly, like the the biggest weak point of this match was Okada and Naito. I don't know really what went wrong, but they had like a like a w- couple weird botches, like one in the corner, and then they also like uh, kind of fucked up a swinging DT into like a weird counter, like into the Okada neckbreaker. It just didn't look good. Um, and then there was another like little weird botch with Shingo hitting a Phantom Lariat and she ate. So I don't know. I had to take I had to take points off for all that, you know wackiness and uh missed moves but it was still the best match on the show and still a lot of fun but you know it was definitely a little bit sloppy i don't know if they were just like 
uh, a case where they have, they have been off for you know a little while and they just didn't didn't get uh, you know need to get their feet back under them or something. But I only won about three and a quarter. But it was a good good little match. Definitely nothing you need to go out of your way to watch. Um, the 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 highlight probably was like when all the Lij guys put their fists up to do the Lij salute afterwards and. They like encouraged Tiger Hattori to do it, but Tiger is, you know, a shorter fellow, so he had to like hop to do the LRG salute. That was kind of funny. Oh yeah, I but, think uh, I saw a picture of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, the retirement ceremony itself was very sweet. That I mean, if you're going to watch anything from this show, I would say definitely, uh, you know, not just talking to you, like to the listener as well. If you haven't seen anything, definitely watch the retirement ceremony. It's um, it should be on YouTube. It's definitely on New Japan World with subtitles and the you know, with all the rest of the promos from that night. And, uh, you know, you had basically, uh, I wasn't sure if Tiger was going to be like a, you know, a crier or not. And he was very much a crier. He was uh, very emotional throughout this entire thing. It was very sweet. And, you know, he had the great Kabuki showing up, uh, Hiroshi Hase, Keiji Muto and Ricky Choshu. Um, You know, Choshu and especially goes way back with Tiger, um, you know, from, all their days and I think like in Florida and stuff. And, you know, HGE was like, again, like not, not a guy you, you expect to see a lot of emotion from, but he was like crying after this. And I think it's also because he goes back with Tiger and Choshu from that whole connection. So like, yeah, he was very emotional. Uh, and there's also a video message from Tenbru and Inoki. So that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, the semifinal uh, was the, the first of the two Tiger Tory retirement matches, uh, Tanahashi, Ibushi, Toriano, and Coke Cabana beat the Bullet Club of G.O.D., Jay White, and Bad Luck Fale. Uh, Yano beat Fale in 12.58 with a backslide after a low blow. Uh, there was really nothing to this. and th- th- This is like, if anything was a drag on these Corrigans, because for the most part, I thought everything else was pretty you know, pretty good on these shows, it was the Bullet Club team here. I, I mean... Bullet, Bullet Club in general is kind of a drag. <laughs> there, I mean, when you compare, I, I, I don't really get people who like love the current Bullet Club. Like to me, they're just like so inferior to the other major New Japan heel unit of Suzuki Goon. I mean, I don't know. It's yeah. Like not even. I like I like Kenta. I like Ishimori. Uh, Jay White. I can you know sometimes he can hit for me. You know, other times it can be pretty insufferable. But the rest of the unit is like. Ugh. But uh, yeah, they were definitely dragging for me. Like I, Kent is one of my favorites, actually. But like, otherwise, it's like Ishimori is good. Um, I don't think God. I like. I think they're like decent tag team, but I've just seen too much of them at this point that I'm like sick of it. And yeah. otherwise, I'm like, I don't know. No, thank you. <laughs> but yeah, they were like a drag on these Corkins and just, you know, they their match was almost always the worst match of the night, I thought, as we'll go through. But yeah, there wasn't a lot to this. It was like, uh, you know, two and a quarter. And same thing for the previous match, which was probably one of the weaker ones for these. The third generation, they had a couple really good matches on this tour, and they also had a couple of matches that were just there. And I thought, th- I thought this one was just there, which was uh, Nakanishi. Tenkoji and Nagata beating Suzuki, Taichi, Desperado, and Kanemaru. Uh, Kojima pinned Kanemaru in 950 with a Lariat. Um, it did start the the winning streak kind of thing they have with the third generation, which I thought was a, a neat little thing. I mean, old people win in New Japan so rarely that like it, it's like it felt like a big deal when they were getting all these wins, even though 
you know, if you really look at it, they, with one exception, which I guess we'll get to, they were mostly pitting people that, you know, take pins all the time. Like, obviously, Kanemaru is not exactly uh, the top a main eventer in New Japan. But, you know, it just felt really cool just to have the third generation go on this winning streak leading into their uh, final match, the Nakanichi final match on the 22nd. But, uh, you know, if this was WWE, I mean, old people winning is not anything. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was thinking, like, <laughs> when you said, like, old people went to wear I'm like, the anti-WWE. I mean, an old person might win the Universal title on Thursday in uh, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. So. Wait, who? what's the match? Goldberg versus The Fiend. I'm going to... The Universal Championship. I'm so glad I don't watch WWE. <laughs> Fiend versus Berg is a friend of the show. Kevin Brown put it on Twitter, but uh, yeah, it's gonna be quite the match. I don't. I am also not going to watch that. I have to say. Uh, uh yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> obviously, I'm not gonna watch it. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. So the old people got a little winning streak going that started here. Uh, match three was, I think, the yeah, the second best match of the show. Um, Juice Robinson, David Finley, and Yoshihashi defeating Evil, Hiromu, and Bushi in 854. The pulp, uh, Juice with the Pulp Fiction on Bushi. Um, so the big question leading up to this was would Bushi refrain from the water spitting or not because of the, uh, you know, the coronavirus fears going around? Because there was a guy on Twitter that, you know, I was looking at like the Japanese Twitter responses when New Japan announced that they like you know were they weren't going to cancel shows but they wanted extra precautions to be taken and you know there was a for the most part the japanese twitter responses seemed to be pretty supportive but there was like one guy who was very uh i don't know the word like he was very concerned uh, with whether or not bushi would spit water like <laughs> like he was like bushi must i, I mean obviously the all translate is going to mangle it but it was something like bushi must be told uh not to spit water or something and it's like I, I don't know if they read that tweet and they told bushi or what but he came out and like he all week he did like the the, the pose on the top rope and like the I don't know how to describe it. Like the thing where he like moves his two hands away from his mouth like he, and then puts his mouth up like he's going to spit and then just didn't spit so I thought I don't know, but for some reason that was funnier than if he did, just like didn't do the pose at all. Yeah. But uh, but but Kanemaru meanwhile still spit the whiskey. So uh, I don't know. I guess Kanemaru didn't get that memo, or maybe he <laughs> thinks the alcohol is a disinfectant. Well, there's uh, there's Suzuki guns, so like they're heels. They want to people. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, but yeah, this is this, the other big note of this match is we learned from Kevin Kelly uh, that Marty Asami is apparently a bad bus driver. <laughs> I guess they all they all take turns driving the bus, and Kevin Kelly was like, he uh, drives with both feet. Uh, he, you know, he hit, he'll really press on the gas, and then he'll really press on the brake, and gets you seasick. So there you go, Marty Asami. Apparently, not any better bus driving than he is at uh, preventing interference in matches. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so anyway, this was a real fast paced, fun little three and a quarter star match, probably the other. The next best thing on this card. Uh, match two was Osprey and Rapunky 3K beating Taguchi, Romero, and Tiger Mask. Uh, Osprey putting Tiger Mask in 922 with the Stormbreaker. Um, you know, there wasn't three star, little fun little match. Not, again, nothing you had to go out of your way for, but uh, they, they, there was some hype for the junior tag title match the next night uh, where Rocky and Taguchi like, attacked the 
the Punky 3K team and like put them in holds afterwards. So there you go. Uh, and the opener was uh, GBH, Makabe and Honma, and Toa Hanare beating the young line team of Yodosuji, Yui Oimura, and Gabriel Kidd in 927 with the Toa bottom. Uh, and of course, Toa Hanare pinning Gabriel Kidd. So that's your Tiger Tory retirement show. Um, I mean, you could really get away, like I said, with just seeing the Tiger Tory retirement ceremony. I do think that's worth watching, but everything else in the show, pretty skippable. Definitely the weakest of the four Corkins. So the second one on February 20th, the first of the two New Japan Road shows. And the uh, first the, one I watched. The first one you watched. Yeah. The main event was Shingo Takagi defeating Tomohiro Ishii in 2704 with the last the dragon to retain the never open weight championship uh his first defense as the 29th champion what'd you think of shingle versus Ishii? i've talked <laughs> a lot so you can definitely um, start out here i guess for me like i don't know it wasn't like it wasn't a bad match but i guess like i wasn't like too excited by it either um, I actually kind of forgot it happened until you said it. <laughs> um, like, for me, like, Ishii, like, I'm so used to his kind of, like, thing that, like, when he's going against a guy who kind of can work similarly to him, I'm not, like, interested. It's, like, you know, someone with, like, a very distinctly different style than, like, I like his matches. And Shingo is, like, I don't know. I don't know. I can't can't get into him and I don't even know why because he is a really like great wrestler. But there's just like I don't know. There's some there's some disconnect there for me. So like mm-hmm. for me the match is like it was good, but it's not like memorable. But if you're not like me and actually, you know, like most people and you actually like uh, Shingo, then you'll probably like it, I guess. I mean, it's interesting to hear you say that because the the knock on him in Dragon Gate, which some people have always said, you know, I know the voice of wrestling flagship will always say that, like, they're not sure if it was really a thing. But the knock on him in Dragon Gate was that he struggled to connect to, like, the audience there and, like, you know, that they didn't really get behind him as a top baby face and stuff. So uh, I do think there is something to that if there's a certain... Um, I don't know. He's just a, he's a way better heel than he is a baby face, and he's he's not like naturally likable. I don't think. Which uh, not that Lij are like white meat baby faces anyways. Which is part of reason part of the reason why I think he fits in here. But like, you know, they're not heels either. So at this point, so like, and I don't know. I can definitely see why you might not connect with him on that level. Yeah, but um, like, I don't even, like, really connect with him as, like, someone I want to boo, though. Like, Jay White, for all his faults, like, he's someone who I'm, like, this asshole. I want to see him, like, I really want to, like, you know, see him get his ass kicked. And, like, I can connect with, like, the idea of, like, hating him. Whereas, like, mm-hmm. with Shingo, it's, like, I don't hate him or anything. I don't particularly like him either. It's yeah, just, just kind of, like, there. yeah. Um. So I did like this match a lot. I would say not to the level of the G1 match they had last year. I think it was quite a bit below that, but I still went four and a quarter. So, you know, I thought it was a really awesome match. If I was going to nitpick it at all, I thought maybe it dragged a little bit. I don't know if they need to go 27-04, especially after 
you know, the previous match went almost 27 minutes, but, uh, you know, there was enough stuff here that I did really enjoy myself. Like the, you know, the big fight on the apron leading to that Death Valley driver by Shingo. Um, the like sequence of like these high angle backdrops they did where they just kept dropping each other on their heads. Um, you know, I could, I could have done without the headbutts pretty much as always. I'd oh yeah. Same. That. Like that part of <laughs> was cringing. Um, but then like the, when Shingo hit the pumping bomber and only got a one count, that was awesome. Um, Shingo did like a modified Minchinoku driver, which Chris Charlton called an Ishii driver. I don't I didn't know. Like when's the last time Ishii did that? Uh, anyway. Um, but yeah, and, and then if I had any other complaint, it almost, I think Shingo's win felt a little anticlimactic at the end. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I still thought it was great. And the, the post-match stuff is awesome where Shingo, where Ishii, like, you know, they kept fighting and Ishii didn't want to give up and he kept getting up and like almost falling down. Uh, I thought his, like Ishii selling after the match was probably even better than selling during the match. So all that stuff was tremendous. So you know, definitely an awesome main event, but if people, I think if, I think some people were expecting like a, you know, like surefire match of the year contender here, and I, I don't think they got to that level. So, uh, the semi-main, the IWGP junior tag team titles, the mega coaches coming up short against Rapunky 3K, who make their second defense, uh, show pinning Rocky Romero in 26-7 after the strong X. Um, so what do you think of this one? This was a, a weird one for me, but I'll let you go first. Um, I actually, I really loved it. Um, I guess, cause like, I, I really like Rapunky 3K and I have like this like nervousness always about them breaking up or like about them like ditching Rocky. Like it's always there every time they're in the ring, like that something's going to happen. Like it could happen at any moment. Like, I guess I'm a little paranoid about it. So, like, this match, like, that was, like, at a really high level for me. But, like, despite that, like, I thought it was really fun. Um, I mean, it's not, like, some big, like, epic, like, if you want something like that, not this match. But, like, you know, I mean, I feel like junior tag matches should just be, like, you know, like, kind of a, a fun fun thing. And I would say that's what that is, this was, and, you know, the that they didn't all break up was very very relieving for me <laughs> yeah, do you do you buy into the theory that this is like their defining title reign and they're going to go on a big reign and defend it all year and then and then they're going to break up or do you just think they're not going to break up for a while uh 3k um yeah. i don't know i always feel like they're on the verge of breaking up so i'm really like a bad person to ask <laughs> Well, I think that that seems to be the popular theory, so I guess we'll say. Um, but yeah, I thought this was a so I I ended up going four stars flat on it, so I did really like it. Um, you know, the critiques I would have with it, you know, are like it it, did, it was a little slow and boring early. I did think they went a little too long, and it was one of those matches where I think the match they laid out was probably in their heads going to be even better than this one. But there was like there were a few spots where like it just didn't look crisp or like you know it looked a little bit awkward and I think that that did take it down a little bit for me. But you know I'm, I mean I'm picking on a four star match. I mean it was still an awesome match, but uh, you know there were so many great moments like the like showed this like kick combo on Taguchi that I don't know if I've really seen him do before that was really good. Um, you know the there was like these the double submissions they had teased the night before, you know. 
this time, both members of Punky 3K were ready, and they like countered into their own double submission. So that was a cool little spot. Uh, and then Takuchi and Romero brought back uh, the Apollo 55 tag finisher, which was like a really cool yeah. moment. And I'm glad the English announcers, uh, I think Chris Charlton pointed it out. So that was good. Uh, and then had a really hot stretch run. A lot of great near falls with, uh, you know, like all these inside cradles towards the end. Um, I, I don't know if I would have had Rocky kick out of the shock arrow. That seemed a little excessive. Maybe that would have been better as a finish. But, uh, you know, again, nitpicking. It was still a really good match. Uh, maybe I would have cut like five minutes off it and maybe I would have like, you know, done a couple things different, but it was still really good. Yeah, I think it did. I, I agree. It did run like a little long, but I mean, that's just kind of like my baseline complaint about all New Japan title matches. So yeah. it's like not even worth saying for me. I'm like, I'm always thinking it. Yeah. Uh, match number five was G.O.D., Jay White and Bad Luck Folly beating Tanahashi and Ibushi and then Finjuice. In 1120, uh, Tongaloa, he pinned Juice after a belt shot. I like how they just put pinfall <laughs> on, the, on the actual results page. They're not going to put, like, illegal attack or something. Uh, yeah, this was just there. I went, like, two and a half on it. It was, you know, it was fine. It wasn't really anything special. I mean, once once G.O.D. laid out Tanahashi and Ibushi, I thought it was like, okay, now it's even more obvious they're losing these belts tomorrow. I don't know if you felt the yeah. same way. <laughs> Honestly, I don't even know why they won them in the first place. Like, I I assume they just don't want they didn't want Finjuice to lose. Like, they wanted Tanahashi and Ibushi winning the belts to be a feel good moment for everybody, not to have like feel juice fan Finjuice fans like feeling bad. I guess. I Never guess but I didn't want Finjuice. Like, I wanted Finjuice to hold the tag titles for like a few months. So I was kind of like, yeah. you know, I get I get really annoyed at like really like this like thing with new japan right now where like there's a lot of like really short title reigns throughout the year um i would like it to for people to actually be able to like defend belts more than like once or twice yeah. i guess so you know it feels like everyone gets their legs cut out from under them because like they can't hold the belt well there's that streak of the never belt where like it felt like they were losing on their first defense every time oh yeah while. Yeah. Uh, match number four was the the fifth generation Nakanishi, Tenzan, Kojima, and Nagata plus Tiger Mask defeating Lij. The, the this is the first time the original five members of Lij teamed together in a match in like you know it had to be like close to two years since huh. was, since Hiromu went down with that injury in 2018. So, uh, but they beat Naito, Evil, Sonata, Hiromu, and Bushi. Uh, Kojima pinning Evil in 2038 with the Lariat. That was kind of a stunner. And I assume that that's either setting up maybe like a never six-man challenge for the remaining three members of uh, Nagata and Tenkoji, or maybe they're going to, Evil and Kojima are going to meet in the first round of the New Japan Cup. But there's no way that wasn't setting up something because otherwise, you know, Bushi's right there to get pinned. So Yeah, I was very happy that Bushi didn't get pinned. Um, every time Bushi doesn't get pinned, I... Even if even if he's on like like the losing team, I'm like yes, I feel <laughs> like I won. You know, yeah. I, I I get very excited about it. Um, but yeah, this was this was a lot of fun actually. Probably my second favorite of these Nakanishi retirement matches. Um, you know, the Lij members, I, I I always really enjoy it when they get to play like full on heels, which doesn't happen enough anymore, really. 
So, you know, they're totally healing it up here. Like Naito goes to the test of strength in Akanishi right at the start and, you know, loses it just immediately. And, you know, Bushi and Hiromu both jump him because they're like, you know, uh, or they're mad at him, I guess, for winning this test of strength. But yeah, I mean, it was a really fun stretch run. Nakanishi hit the Hercules cutter, which is that uh, the cutter from the Argentine backbreaker, one of the all-time coolest move names, and definitely a cool move that I, you know I'm glad he's brought back here for his retirement run. Uh, and then he hit like so he went he tried to do a plancha, but he. I think he's done this before. He landed on the apron and then like bounced over, which, you know, it looks ridiculous, but like in a good way. You're yeah. just like, this, this, this man is doing everything he can here to go out with a bang. And he, even if he has to hop on the apron, he he's going to do a damn plancha. So I yeah. that, that, that was great. I thought, yeah, no, I, I loved it. I was like, you know, like he, you saw him, he kind of like put his feet down, like he was going to like stand. And I was like, you know what? The fact that he's like about to retire and he's doing like such a like ridiculous move, I think that's like you know impressive. You know to see yeah. like you know older guys doing stuff like that, anyways, even if it's not uh, perfect. Yeah, I mean he he was clearly giving his all out there, and he you know this was like the best he's looked in a while, I think. And it's just like you know I guess when you're when you know when you know the end is coming, you can just push yourself a little bit harder. Um, but yeah, I went, this was great. I went three and a half stars on it. Uh, match number three Okada, Yano, and Cabana defeating GBH and Hanare. Uh, Cabana pin Homa in nine minutes with the Superman pin. Uh, this was not great. I did not like this at all. <laughs> I went like one and three quarters. Uh, it was just a bad match. I don't know. It wasn't, I didn't, I don't know. Like the, the Cabana and Yano comedy, sometimes it lands with me and sometimes it doesn't. And it did not land with me here. This is not interesting, not fun. Just a, just a kind of bad match. Yeah. Yeah. I um, know. I, I would, I would agree. So it wasn't, um, I mean, I automatically, like, I, you know, don't like GBH very much. I don't find them very interesting. So, like, whenever I see them coming, I'm like, oh, gosh. <laughs> so, I was already, even even though I love Okada and Yano and Colt Cabana, I was like, it's not going to sit, in, uh, not enough to save it for me. You know, I'm already, like, this is a low-level match. So. Yeah. And it, it didn't do anything to, to make me think any differently. Uh, I, I do like the announcers clearing up the controversy from the previous night when uh, Colt Cabana went, came out with the Chaos members to like uh, for the Tiger Hattori retirement oh, yeah, ceremony. Yeah, you know, like, like uh, was going out, and it was like, nope. <laughs> so like, he does keep with Yano, so I get I get why he just follow Yano out, but uh, it's again because of that confusing Chaos Hontai relationship. Now it's yeah. like, well, he is Yano's partner, but he's not in Chaos; he's in Hontai. So it's I like, thought okay. he was in Chaos. Like I didn't know he wasn't in Chaos <laughs> until like apparently it was wrong that he walked out with Chaos. I was like, yeah. oh, he's not. <laughs> well, I mean, it shows it goes to show how fucking meaningless Chaos is at this point. Where it's like, you know, if they team with Hontai any anyway, you're, you're basically Hontai. I know. Like, what are you doing here? But anyway, uh, match number two was. And this was like one of the big highs. I almost won four stars on this. Minoru Suzuki, Taichi, El Desperado, and Yoshinobu Kanemaru beating Hiroki Goto, Yoshihashi, Will Ospreay, and Yuya Omura in 1120 
uh, Kanemaru pinning Uemura. The big story here was Yuya, like, he went right after Suzuki with, like, a drop kick and, like, all these crazy forms. He, like, beats them all over ringside. You know, he just hits a ton more forms in the corner before Yoshihashi tags himself in. And then Suzuki, of course, later finds him and totally murders him. Yeah. Uh, this was the this was the Yuya show. I mean, he was like incredible here. And yeah. You know, these these young lions, I mean, I think we're almost used to young lions looking great now, but I, he might even be on, a, on on another level from a lot of these other ones. I mean, he might be the best one yet. So he's just an incredible wrestler already. Yeah. yeah I went three and three quarters. I, I love this match. I mean, I, I feel exactly the same. I have anything to add, but same. Uh, the opener, Yota Suji defeating Gabriel Kidd in 709 with the Boston Crab. Uh, just a normal little young lion match. But overall, this was a really fun show. Probably the best of the four, I would think. But, you know, definitely a good show. Yeah. Uh, the 21st, the second New Japan Road Show. So, the main event, and I'll definitely let you start here, the Tanahashi and Bushi defeating G.O.D. in 2010 when Tanahashi pinned Tamatonga with the high fly flow. So, Ibushi wins his first ever IWGP tag team, heavyweight tag team title, I should say, because obviously he did have the junior tag titles with Kenny Omega. Um, so, I guess, and this is Tanahashi's fourth heavyweight tag title, I think. He held them before with... Uh, Definitely with Nakamura in 2005. And then before that, I believe with Kotaro Suzuki and like Yutaka Yoshi or something. So, you know, it's been a long time for Tanahashi to separate tag belts, but he, he has held them before. Um, so I guess, what are your thoughts on the match? Um, you know, as obviously a big Ibushi fan, what do you think of this Ibushi and Tanahashi team? And, you know, maybe what them doing with what Ibushi and Kenny never even did at one point when in the heavyweight tag titles. Well, oh my god, I have I have a lot of feelings on this, and I've ranted to so many of my friends about my feelings on this already on the on the Ibushi Tanahashi tag team. I have no problem with like Ibushi winning the heavyweight tag titles with someone who isn't Kenny. Like that's fine. Like they're not in the same company. Like I shouldn't. Ex- like I I mean I wish it was of course because I'm like a big Golden Lovers fan, but I don't like have a problem with that. But I really don't like the the whole Ibushi Tanahashi team at all. Um, I wish he had won them with somebody else, I guess. Because um, I feel like Ibushi's character has been slowly uh, becoming, I guess, slanderized is the is the right term into like just like he's a Tanahashi fanboy and. It's like really annoying because you'd think like, oh, once Kenny leaves, like Ibushi's gonna be like a more independent character. But instead they're like, no, let's tie him to Tanahashi. Like he does I guess he doesn't really get a chance to kind of just be Ibushi on his own. And I don't know, this entire like Ibushi ever since signing has like definitely like kind of changed from the Ibushi we knew before like he's trying to be like Tanahashi and it's like I don't know kind of like it feels like he's losing a lot of I guess what made him so unique and great before 
uh i don't i don't know i'm just in general like i don't know tana tana and ibushi's relationship is kind of weird like like ibushi's like fanboys him and tana is like kind of like you know always been like really i guess kind of like a stern dad almost towards him like yeah. Like that kind of like, you know, he should become serious because he's so talented and he should become serious and try to go after titles. And then, you know, he's he's making all the wrong decisions and stuff when, you know, even he's just trying to live his life. Um, so, yeah, I don't like their dynamic and I don't like them as a team. And uh, I think, I don't know, like maybe like if it was like, say, I don't know, I'm trying to think of what, like a better heavyweight for Ibushi to tag with would be um I mean Okada kind of obviously comes to mind because like they're both like in that tier and you know they'd probably be an interesting team but I don't I can't see Okada being in a tag team uh so I don't know who who he would tag with but I definitely don't want not Tanahashi see now so you so you don't even like it as like a time killer for them I guess no, because I don't like what it does for, like, Ibushi's, I guess, progression. Like, his, I guess, I know this is, like, a taboo, like, thing to talk about. Like, people, like, get angry. But, like, his, his storyline. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I know people hate that word. But it is kind of, like, you know, naturally that happens over time. Like, with any athlete. And especially in professional wrestling where the results are all fixed. Um, that they kind of have like a, you know, a life story. And, you know, this one is a fictional life story, but presented as a real one, which, so it's, I guess it's a storyline. I don't know how else to describe it, but I don't know if any of that made any sense, but yeah. No, it makes sense. Yeah. Like, I mean, I definitely, I definitely, it definitely feels more like Tanahashi's story than Ibushi's story, this whole title reign. I, mean, I definitely yeah. didn't notice that going. I mean, they come out to Tanahashi's theme. Even yeah. After, I mean, you know, and it's interesting because it, it, when Ibushi beat Tanahashi in the G1 last year, you know, that almost felt like a like a changing of the guard kind of moment. Like, oh well, now now Ibushi is going to be the the head of Hontai. Yeah. But like, you know, he go, he goes on with the G1, but I don't know. It is very it's a little bit of a weird vibe where like he loses. You know, obviously he loses to Okada at the Dome, and then like two nights later, he's just like, "Well, how about we go with the tag titles, Tanahashi?" And it's like, I don't know. Don't you don't want to be IWGP champion? So I don't. Yeah, and he weird. was like, so yeah. he was like, "Oh, I'm like, he like lost to like fucking Jay White last night, and then all of a sudden he's like smiling because he gets the tag of Tana, and I'm like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> like, what is going on?" I mean, it, it is one of those things where it's like, yes, obviously, um, it, in an outer character way, it, it makes sense where it's like, okay, well, this is Naito's run right now, and we don't want to do Naito Ibushi or Naito Tana right now, so, you know, let's put these two together and have them, you know, kill some time with these tag title matches, and we can put on some big matches or whatever. But, like, you know, a character is kind of like, I don't know why do they suddenly want to be tag team champions when these these belts have meant like I mean I guess you got to start somewhere but like these belts have been like nothing for the yeah. past like you know I don't know like the past decade almost so it is very a little bit strange but uh, as far as the match itself goes do you have any thoughts on the actual match? I mean 
I was fine. Like I liked it. It wasn't anything um, stellar. I don't. They. I know that God did some sort of like cheating at some point, but I don't. Yeah. I, I don't even remember what it was. Like that's how like kind of like, I guess, sick I am of God's like thing is that like it doesn't even register to me anymore that they're like doing things like I'm kind of like pissed that we didn't get Tanahashi and Ibushi versus Finjus because I actually think that would have been an awesome match but I mean we might still get it at some point yeah yeah um I mean there's still they are still like in com like in the backstage comments they're still kind of teasing it but you know obviously it's not gonna be the next one um you know this is this one I thought was really good by the end you know, I didn't quite go four because the the big problem with the match was, you know, went 20 minutes, the first, like, almost 10 were just not that interesting. Like, there was a lot of, like, side headlocks and, like, a lot of, uh, you know, kind of boring, like, you know, the usual really boring heat segment from G.O.D. Yeah. But, after, but, you know, Ibushi did some interesting stuff in the first 10 minutes. That was the only uh, good stuff about the first 10. And then after the 10-minute mark, it really picked up. Um, you know, if if this was like a ten minute sprint, it would have been like a really awesome match. Um, you know, there was like a you know Tanahashi kind of made his own comeback. Um, you know, on both members of God after Ibushi got taken out the gun stun. Um, you know, hit the high fly flow. He, I mean, again, I guess this kind of speaks to your point actually. But he would have beaten both members of God by himself if Jado hadn't pulled the ref out after Tanahashi hit that high fly flow on uh, the first one. Because, I mean, basically, Ibushi got taken out by Tama Tango with the gunstone. Then Tanahashi just beat the shit out of both members of G.O.D. by himself. Yeah, exactly. And had the one of them pinned. But, exactly. Uh, but Tama does give Tana a belt shot. And then, you know, he brings Ibushi in for the same thing. But Kota ducks and, uh, you know, Tama Tonga gets it instead. Or I think Tama Tonga, I don't know. Somebody gets take, takes it instead. And then, uh, you know, Kota gets his turn to go nuts. And he takes out. Tamatong with a high kick, he hits the Kamagoe, hits his crazy dive on Tangaloa and Jao to the floor. Um, but yeah, so so Bushi did get a big shine spot at the end, so that was good. Yeah. But then Tanahashi, you know, came, hit the high fly flow again, and this time got the pen. So yeah, I did think this was really good. By the end, I went three and three quarters, but uh, can't quite go four stars when the first half of the match was so boring. Um, after that, of course, the dangerous techers, Taichi and Zack oh, Sabre Jr. Yeah. ran out and attacked them. This was awesome. Yes, uh, this was so good. I loved it. I loved it. I actually want them. I want them to win. I'm like so excited about this. Yeah, I mean, there's such a like. I don't know that it's not the, a word you're gonna hear in a lot of pro wrestling podcasts, but they are an adorable team. <laughs> like, yeah. like especially if you follow their Twitter and stuff. Yeah, like, they they like. All they do is like sit in these front, these bars like drinking together. It's just great. Yeah, and it's funny because at one point, like years and years ago, Zach hated Tai Chi, like in Noah. Like he really did not like him apparently, and I don't know the two. The two really turned it around. Wait, that could have? I mean, like in real life or like story? I don't know. It could have been either because he there was like some tweet where he was like, uh, you know, you know, thank God I don't have to work with Tai Chi or something. I don't know. But uh, but yeah, they really turned it around. I guess they seem like the best of friends now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, like Zach also, I like I was stunned that he was here because he was not on this entire tour. But yeah. then he comes backstage and he's just like, 
you know, I can't do a Zang accent, but in his amazing voice, he's like, I live in Tokyo now, you idiots. <laughs> Basically, his explanation for why he was there. So that was great. That was, but yeah. Honestly, I'm just like, I've been wanting Tai Chi to get some heavyweight gold and for Zach to get like anything in New Japan. So I, yeah, I really want them to win this. I'm like, and they're like such a fun team to watch together. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know if they'll. I I can't imagine like that they'd want Ibushi and Tahashi to lose so soon. But at the same time, I'm like, I do. So, (laughs) (laughs) and I really want like if it was like a rematch with God, I'd be like, no, let's. I mean, I no matter how I feel about the Ibushi Tana team, anything but God. But it's like one of the teams I really love, so I'm excited. Yeah, and I I, it, I think it might be at the anniversary show next week. It wouldn't surprise me because, uh, you know, you think they're, they're also building Zach and Moxley for the U.S. title, which I assume will be for Sakura Genesis at the end of the month, so I don't know when else they're going to do it because the day after the anniversary show is the New Japan Cup, but uh, I, as you're listening to this, you, the listener, might have all the answers, but we do not have any cards. Apparently, we're going to get the card for the anniversary show and the New Japan Cup bracket um, probably on Tuesday because uh, Monday is a national holiday in Japan, so I think that's what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, so this is a, a really good match, but uh, I'm like you, I'm also much more excited for the Dangerous Techers, Tanahashi Ibushi uh, tag title match, so we'll see. I mean, I think that match could also just be really awesome. I mean, all four guys are great, so... yeah. I guess we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Uh, the semi-main event was for the never open weight six-man tag team titles. The LIJ team of Shingo, Evil, and Bushi defeating the team of Yano, Cabana, and Taguchi in 14-14 when Bushi pinned Taguchi. Oh. Uh, first of all... <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm just like, the Bushi pinned, like, and then somebody else's name said Bushi was pinned was it's, it's just a great combination of words you know i, I yeah. love it um but yeah bushi bushi pinning to Gucci here after the he spit the mist in his face so i guess he's willing to spit that just not the just not the water and then and then the bushi roll for the pin um i first of all i'm i'm very relieved that lij retained here for their second defense, because these belts change hands all the time. No. I was very scared the comedy team was going to win the belts here. But, uh, but yeah, I, I thought this was actually really fun, like a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Like, this is an example of the the Yano and Cabana antics, like, really landing for me. I thought they, they were really funny here, and Taguchi, you know, could obviously do comedy with the best of them. So, you know, the whole thing with the belts being under the ring, I thought was really funny. Yeah. When they, they came out with, because they didn't have the belts all week, like on either two prior shows either. And they came out with them again after they had stolen them, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And, or they came out without them again, I should say. And they, they, you know, the LIJ team kept saying, like, where the fuck are our belts? Like, what is going on? And, you know, they, they keep saying they don't know where they are. And then finally they pull them out from under the ring and they all just start leaving. Like, all right, we're the champions. Goodbye. <laughs> that was funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought, you know, everybody, <laughs> and then everybody like was arguing on the floor and they almost got counted out. And Taguchi finally slides in at 19. Uh, and then you know he runs right into all three members of LJ. That was funny. That was so funny. I went, I went three and a half. I thought this was good. What did you think? Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was really fun. Um, 
I, I guess, really like kind of like, I think this belt because it's so like, you know, it's not like a high level belt is good for these kind of like, more kind of like comedy matches that are like, you know, not super serious or anything. Uh, so I'm glad it's being used for that instead of like, you know, people being serious about this stupid belt. Uh, so I really enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah, I thought it was great. I don't know <laughs> anything else to say. I just enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. And yeah, I enjoyed lot, getting huh? Bushi getting the pin a lot. That was really, you know, yeah. really good. Match number five was Naito, Sonata, and Hiromo defeating Okada, Osprey, and Rocky. Uh, Hiromo pinning Rocky in twelve twenty four at the time bomb. Uh, this I also thought was really was you know really pretty damn good. Um, you know Naito and Osprey. You know I know. So I, I I don't remember how you feel about Osprey. I'm not always a big Osprey fan. I'm you know. Uh, I don't hate him as much as some people seem to hate him either. But, I'm one of those uh, people I, that seem to hate him. So okay. <laughs> uh, I don't like despise him or anything. I think he's he's one of those guys that, like, with the right opponent, I can really enjoy him. But I don't think he's, like, I don't know. I, 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 like, I don't shower every match. He takes part in with an infinite number of snowflakes, you know. Like, he just he, – he can be – he has some really good matches. He has some matches that – other people say are really good that I'm not as into. It's just kind of whatever. But yeah, that's kind of how I used to feel about him before he started like bulking up and wanting to go heavyweight. Was like uh, I'm not like too interested in him, but like he has good chemistry with like Romu and he had good chemistry with Kushida. So I was like, I like those matches, but not like him in general. But yeah. then he started trying to be a heavyweight, and I'm like, oh my god, it got worse. <laughs> Uh, the Naito Osprey exchanges, though, I I really enjoyed them. Like I thought they had this, like you know, they had a fun little exchange here. Like you know, uh, Osprey did like a shooting star press on Naito, and he did his little pose, which I thought was awesome. Um, you know, they just the entire exchange was just really fun, and you know, these two have never had a singles match before, so it did make me think, hmm, this would be a really fun singles match, probably. I mean, Naito has a history for me of getting. Uh, really, really awesome matches out of white people in New Japan that I don't really like very much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, one Kenny Omega. But, so I'm sure he would, uh, you know, do, him and Osprey would, uh, you know, I think have a really great match, but we'll see. Doesn't mean I think Osprey is definitely going to win the New Japan Cup or anything, but if he okay. did, I would be I would be into that match at Sakura Genesis. I take it by your, oh God, you would not be as into it, but. I don't want him to win anything. <laughs> I hope he gets out in the first round. <laughs> okay, but his match is good. I think he. I hope he's beaten like by like some like really like low level guy like in the first round, like Yoshihashi. I want him to be beat by Yoshihashi in the first yeah. round. There you go. If they are matched up now, I I sure you'll, I'm sure you'll be uh, rooting for the <laughs> Yoshihashi win. Uh, but yeah, I like this match a lot. I don't know how you felt about it, but um. I mean, I liked it, you know, I mean, I just, I really enjoy just watching LIJ teaming together. They're always, like, I don't know, they're always, like, so, like, fun to watch together, like, their chemistry they have. So, even if there's Osprey in it, I enjoy it, so. Yeah. And then the post-match is awesome. Like, Naito, like, Hiromu, they, they keep going back and forth, like, you know, like they're not gonna do anything. And then we suddenly grabs Naito to give him a time bomb, and they have this big, like basically fake out exchange where they keep 
almost hitting a move on each other without actually hitting any moves on each other. And then Hiro puts the hat back on Naito's head at his request. I love so that. So that, <laughs> that was, was awesome. It was so good. Like when Hiromu went for the time bomb, I went like, oh, because it's like, it felt like there's the tension there, the tension. Then he mm. finally did it. I was like, oh my God. But it was yeah. so good. It was so good. And then like Sonata mm. being kind of like awkwardly like, eyes, going on? <laughs> <laughs> kind of like, like timidly coming in for the fist bump worried that they're kind of like gonna start fighting again you know it's like why are mom and dad fighting yeah (laughs) uh the as far as like the uh post-match i mean they they had like another really uh i'm trying to remember exactly what they did backstage like there was like a lot the the backstage segment night on her own where they're all like i guess they're all blending together i should have taken notes on these but like they they did something backstage i thought was really funny and i can't remember what it was Oh, the, yeah, the one where, like, Hiromu kind of, like, walks in on Naito's promo that I watched. Oh, like, yeah, and then he, so he acts like he's going to interrupt, and then he just sits down. He's, oh. Naito's like, I'm in, I, he's like, Naito's like, I'm in the middle of talking here. And was like, oh, I'm sorry. And then he just, like, sits down oh, on the God. bench. Yeah. And then Naito keeps going, and then Hiromu gets up, and he's like, wait a sec, you're not really saying anything. <laughs> but that was really funny. So, yeah, definitely, if you missed those Naito Hiromu promos, definitely check them out. They're all really good. Uh, match number four was the third generation Manabu Nakanishi, Hiroshi Tenzan, uh, Satoshi Kojima, and Yuji Nagata beating the Bullet Club. So they went to 3 0 this week, and you know, so far going into the, the last Nakanishi match. Uh, they beat Jay White, Bad Luck Fale, Gato, and Jado. Uh, in this case, Nakanishi actually got to get the fall here. Uh, he submitted Gato with the Argentine backbreaker in 1242. Uh, I didn't like this match at all, though. I mean, it was uh, very boring for a very long time. Uh, what I was saying earlier about the Bullet Club being kind of bad. This was the, I thought, the worst of all the third generation matches. Um, yeah, yeah. I, think I, I think this was, like, the point where I, like, I kind of, like, saw Bullet Club and then just, like, opened up my phone and started <laughs> playing Love Live. <laughs> I mean, I can't really blame you. It's uh, Love Live is definitely more entertaining than the Bullet Club. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, not a good match. Match number three was Tomohiro Ishii, Hiroki Goto, and Yoshihashi defeating GBH and Hanari at 1149 with the Butterfly Lock, Yoshihashi submitting Honma. This, I thought, was a good match. Uh, very, like, fiery Ishii and Hanari exchange in there. Uh, you know, the GBH team running wild at the end was actually pretty fun for once and not not always, you know, very fun. But I thought they were, you know, pretty pretty fun here. Uh, and then Yoshihashi gets to get a fall for once, which is always nice. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he actually got a – he gets a strange amount of them with that butterfly. Like, he had a whole bunch last year, I remember. Which is so really weird because it's evil. like – to me, it looks, like, so ineffective. Like, and I know. <laughs> it looks like – it looks like he's, like – I don't, it doesn't, how, like, how is this supposed to hurt? Where's, where's the break? <laughs> and uh, I mean, I'm looking at a photo right now. It looks like he's giving you a hug. Yeah. <laughs> like, the thing is, like, karma is a pretty good move. So I don't know why he doesn't just use that and send um, the butterfly lock. But at the same time, the fact that he uses, like, such a, a, a really, like, dumb, submission move as his finisher is so Yoshihashi that I never <laughs> want it to change. I know. It is very like, well, of course that's what he went with. What else would he win with? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, match number two was Juice Robinson. Oh, I don't know if I said start. I said three and a quarter for the last match. Match number two, Juice Robinson, Dave Finley, and Rapunky 3K beating Suzuki Goon, Minoru Suzuki, Taichi, Despian, and Kanemaru. Finley uh, pinning Kanemaru in 1027 with the acid drop. First of all, I love that they just list acid drop in all caps as the move name. It's like, you try dropping acid in Japan sometime and see what happens to you. <laughs> Uh, it's like maybe we should rename that one from when Spike Dudley was used again in ECW because I think that's why it's called the Acid Drop. I think it was Spike Dudley was like his character with ECW was that he was that he was on acid. So I don't know. Like maybe call it a new name for it, Finley. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean this was a uh, not much to it. Totally fine. Two and three quarters. I don't really have a. I didn't take any notes about this, so I I must have been looking at my phone as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't really even remember the match, so, I mean, it was there, I guess. It was there. Match number one, Tiger Mask and Gabriel Kidd defeating Yoda Suji and Yuya Uemura. Tiger Mask submitting Yuya in 823 with the arm lock crosshold. I think that's, yeah, cross arm breaker. Arm arm lock crosshold. Sure, sure, New Japan. Uh, Yeah, this was a, obviously the big highlight here was the Tiger Mask and Uemura exchange. I thought the the one the night the next night was actually better than this one, but it was still pretty good. Good little opener. Yeah. yeah so there you go. Good show. Good. Uh, overall, a bunch of good stuff. Uh, let's see. The final of these four New Japan Corrigans was the Banabu Nakanishi retirement show uh, from the twenty second yesterday. Uh, this this is like my big surprise of the week. The you know, the last two matches here, I, I enjoyed a lot more than I thought I would going in. They were, you know, New Japan multi-man tags tend to have a ceiling. But, like, I don't know. I thought in both these matches, everybody was working, like, super hard. And, you know, there was a lot of really good stuff. So, the main event, Okada, Tanahashi, Ibushi, and Goto defeating the third-generation team. Their win streak finally comes to an end. Uh, in 1803, Tanahashi, Penny, Nakanishi with the high fly flow. This was awesome. I mean, this was, yeah. like, was really good. Yeah. Um, what What did you think of this big clash of the generations here? Uh, I thought it was really great. I liked the spot where all the the uh, the older guys were doing like their submissions on the younger guys. I thought all in the ring. Yeah. I thought it looked really awesome. Um, I yeah, and I really loved like seeing like like Ibushi who's like the most who's like never played a heel character like getting to like heal it up like when he like they're booing him and he like does the thumbs down I'm like oh yeah there he goes <laughs> I thought it was I thought that was great um so yeah and then I don't know it was really good actually like everyone yeah everyone really worked hard to make it a good match and not just like oh it's like a multi-man tag like it, it yeah. felt like something special like you know so like it was like it was a retirement match not like it was like just any match so yeah it was really the, good the pre-match video was awesome too where like nakanishi eating his giant breakfast in between yeah. all these awesome highlights of his career coming back from that like neck injury in 2011 that could have ended his career yeah. you know nine years earlier so yeah that was a that was just a really awesome i i mean i got a little emotional watching that video i'm, oh. I'm not gonna lie it was very i mean nakanishi's a guy i always really liked so you know, I'm definitely gonna miss him. I thought he he really uh, he really acquitted himself well. I guess is the best way to put it. Over this last week, I mean, he just looked like he was giving his all in every single match, and he really like I think you know gave, showed that some of the naysayers that like 
I think he still could have. I, I will be honest. I don't think he had to retire. I think he could have kept going. And, you know, I get why he chose to. I'm sure he's in a lot of pain. But the fact that he came out and, you know, kept kept putting on these matches, you know, and kept putting on these performances and these tags, even when he looked like, you know, I, I mean, look, <laughs> let's be real. He looks better in these matches than Honma has looked since he came back. <laughs> I mean, that's by a lot, I think. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, but yeah, so Ricky Choshu came out to do Japanese commentary. That was really cool. Uh, I like that Nakanishi and Okada started out. You know, they, they had a fun little change at the start. And then when you didn't mention what Ibushi did to get booed, he did the Mongolian chop. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the I couldn't, crowd. yeah, I couldn't like, remember what it was. Yeah. Him and Tanahashi were both doing it. And like the crowd always boos whoever does that. It doesn't matter who it is. Like, you are not allowed to Mongolian chop Tenzan. But, uh, but yeah, they got booed out of the building, which I thought was funny. Yeah. Um, and then my favorite spot of the match was so not Nagata accidentally like slaps and or boots Nakanishi, like give him a big boot. And oh, Nakanishi yeah. goes wild and like puts him up into the Argentine. It's like almost like the two of them going at it one more time for old time's sake. Oh yeah, and then they uh, just like drop Nagata on Well he just kept yeah, he was throwing <laughs> them at people. It was awesome. Like but, yeah, um, it, I was like, I literally started laughing when he just dropped him on Igushi. <laughs> it was like yeah. I, it was out of nowhere. I loved it. Um, you know, they had that Nakanishi and Nagata had that match at a, I don't remember what, I should have looked up right here. It was like right before one of the Tokyo Domes. It was like one of the Road to Tokyo Dome Corkins where they, they had a four-star match against each other. It was awesome. So if you've never seen that one, um, you know, they've had a lot, they've had a lot of matches, but that's the most recent singles match they've had. Um, but yeah, there was a, at one point, you know, Nakanishi did a cross body on the top, off the top on Tana. Uh, you know, then, then there was that spot you talked about with all the submissions with the crowd going nuts. And the crowd was just like, I mean, this was like an overflow crowd. You know, they were packed in there, even, you know, with all these concerns about the coronavirus going around, they they were still going to show up to see Nakanishi. And, you know, and then when Nak hit the Hercules cut on Tanahashi, you know, that was awesome. I was like, oh my God, he's actually going to do it. And at one point he hit, uh, the, you know, a German suplex hold on Tanahashi, which is how he won the title from him. Uh, in this very building with a German suplex hold in 2009, when he won the IWGP heavyweight title briefly. Uh, his only one with the title. So, you know, that was really cool. They did that little callback with, you know, Nakanishi almost pitting Tanahashi with the same move. He beat him for the title 11 years before in the same building. Uh, you know, and then they, they did the traditional, like, it, everybody took the turns hitting their finisher on him to finally put him down. You know, uh, go to the GTR, the Kamigoe from... Ibushi, the Rainmaker from Okada, and finally the High Fly Flow. Uh, I went four stars on this. I thought it was awesome, you know, and I am going to miss Manawa Nakanishi. I think he was a very underrated wrestler in his time. He, If you go back and watch some of those matches before he got hurt, he was like, you know, a great power wrestler, some really great matches. And, you know, I, I still think he did plenty since coming back that was entertaining. I think he, within his limitations, I think he was a great wrestler. So, you know, even after that neck injury. So, you know, I'm going to miss the guy a lot. Even even though he may not be, a, be like the best wrestler of all time, just watching that man move around the ring was always so much fun. So, I don't know. I'm going to miss him. Yeah, I thought it was a – I mean, I'm not, I'm not like a long-time New Japan fan, so I only know him from like, I guess, you know, more – recent years but yeah, yeah no i always i always like watching like the like older guys fighting like the like when they they fight the young lions like so 
because it's like I don't know that to me is always really fun and he was always really fun in those matches so definitely have fond memories of him yeah so I'm gonna gonna definitely gonna miss the guy uh the semi-main event Naito Shingo and Evil beating Ishii Yoshihashi and Osprey in 12-13 Naito pinning Yoshihashi with the Destino uh this was a big stunner for me this I, I went four stars on this too I thought this was an awesome match, like pretty much from start to finish. Uh, I don't know. Like they were all six guys were like working extra hard, you know, a lot harder than you normally see people work in these six man tags. So, uh, you know, the Osprey and Shingo exchange, I thought was awesome. The brief Osprey and Naito exchange at the start again, I thought was really good. And the Naito and Yoshihashi, like were teared it up towards the end. And before Naito finally put him down, uh, you know, it's not every day where Yoshihashi gets to, you know, go toe-to-toe with the main eventer. So, you know, I thought he he's not always the most consistent wrestler, I guess, but uh, I thought he looked great in this one. So, you know, we if there was we get this Yoshihashi more, I think he'd be in a bigger position probably. But, yeah, I thought this was just a, a really awesome six-man sprint, like as good of a undercard six-man tag as you're ever going to see in this company probably. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, like I thought it was fun. I don't, I'm, I guess I wasn't as into it as, as you were, but uh, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, yeah, especially like, you know, I feel, I feel exactly the same with like Yoshihashi. Like, you know, when he, when he gets it, when he gets a chance to like really do things, like he, he actually shows that he's like actually a good wrestler, you know, and yeah. kind of deserve his, his reputation. I mean, he, I guess like, no, so he sort of does, but like not not <laughs> entirely. <laughs> He's he is very vanilla a lot of the time, but like yeah, very occasionally, like when he gets a chance, he'll really like blow you away in like a way that not a lot of these low card guys like like look. I mean, there's a difference between him and like Yujiro, you know. Oh yeah, like, Yujiro is never going to have a performance where like he blows you away, so. I mean, uh, he blows me away every time he he brings out Peter. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I feel blown away. <laughs> different kind of blown away. <laughs> uh, match number four: the Bullet Club, Jay White, Bad Luck Folly, and God beating Finn Juice and GBH in nine thirty when Jay White beat Honma with the Blade Runner. I've had enough of these fucking Bullet Club multi man tags. Like by this point, I was like, God damn. Uh, if I didn't do these, if I wasn't doing the show, I probably would fucking skip this because I can't take any more of these bullet club matches. They're so boring. I actually uh, did kind of skip this. I did. I did. I was like, <laughs> I'm like, I can't. Not even. Not even. Like I was like, because like normally I like don't watch like matches with Osprey in them, but like I did because I knew it was going to be a show. But I'm like, this, this I cannot take. There's on one side there's GBH, on the other side there's Bullet Club. I'm not doing this. I'm like. <laughs> I have a limit, you know. Well, I can tell you right now, you didn't miss a goddamn thing. I had uh, a feeling, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jato. Like, as soon as you see Bad Luck Folly, you know. It's like, <laughs> I don't have to watch this, and I probably shouldn't, you know. Uh, Jato hit Homa in the leg with a kendo stick, and then we got the Blade Runner, because yes, we need interference to beat Tomoaki Hanma for some reason. <laughs> This fucking sucked. I gave it, if you want to know my exact star rating, one and three quarter stars. That's what it gets. Fuck this match. Match number three, uh, much better, thankfully. So not, pretty much everything else in the show was really good, actually. That was the only, that was like the only match that sucked. Match number three, Sonata, Hiromu, and Bushi beating Toa Hanare and Rapunki 3K. 
Hiromu hitting Yo and ten forty nine with the LAT. Forget what he, is he, is he called the LAT or the LAT? I can never remember. I don't um. know. But this was this was great. I mean, uh, you know, great double team work by Hiromu and Bushi, uh, and they pinned Yo here with the oh, it's like a that's like the double team wheelbarrow move. That's what that is. Oh so yeah, that that was really good. Uh, you know, it, it looks like we're gonna get Hiromu and Bushi again for Bungie Three K for the junior tag titles, probably at a. Uh, I would think Sakura Genesis because obviously Hiromu's busy at the anniversary show. But uh, yeah, I mean that'll be awesome, and maybe it'll set up Hiromu. You know, defending the junior title against Sho or Yo or both. So I'm all for that. Let's get some, uh, let's get the junior singles and the junior tag champions mixed up. That sounds great to me. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was, you know, a good match. I always love watching, uh, Hiromu and Bushi as a team. I think they're, I like, I definitely think they're one of the most interesting junior teams. And so I think, the idea of like even though Hiromu's, uh, you know the, you know he has the singles title. The idea of him also doing the tags with tag titles with Bushi is actually really exciting, and you know I'm excited to see where that goes. Uh, I, I thought it was also nice for Hanare to get away from GBH for yeah. one night at least. Like he he got to show what he could do here, and you know get yeah. some extra get to do something else for a change. So that was oh, yeah. good. Yeah, I was like, oh, yes. yeah, he's actually a pretty good wrestler, you know? Like, yeah. You know, like cause, yeah, he does. He tends to team with GBH a lot, and I just, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, but, yeah, that was good, three and a quarter. Match number two was Minoru Suzuki, Taichi, El Desperado, and Yoshinobu Kanemaru beating the team of Yano, Cabana, Taguchi, and Romero. Taichi beating Romero in 951. With the Seitai Judo, what the hell is that again? <laughs> what the, oh, oh, that's his, that's the uh, the freaking stretch palm. There you go. Okay, uh, so he tapped him out with the stretch palm. But yes, this was uh, this is again a very fun match, three and a quarter star match. Uh, I liked first of all, I like whenever Suzuki and Yano are in the ring together. You know, they always have to reference that the weird like career long feud the two of them have together. Um, you know, like the, the weirdest feud of all time, Suzuki and Yano. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then Taguchi depants to Taichi once again, uh, which almost got him pinned with via a cradle. So and, and then he almost then he like threw the pants over Taichi's face and almost <laughs> got him pinned again. So that was a great yeah. a, some great depancing near falls. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, some Really fun little ten minute match. I enjoyed myself a lot. Yeah, I thought it was fun. You know. And then the opener, Yota Suji and Yuya Uemura losing to Tiger Mask and Gabriel Kidd. Uh Tiger pinning Yuya in seven twenty one with the Tiger Suplex hold. Good little three star opener. Enjoyed Tiger and uh Yuya, you know, having their big exchanges and you know, Gabriel Kidd, he looked good away from El Fantasmo. That's <laughs> the best thing I can say. <laughs> so and by the way, I, I want to like fire back a little bit at the uh, not that you're going to care about this because I don't even listen to the show. But Joe lands on the boys' wrestling flagship. Keeps saying that like ELP is so good at heel work or whatever that he's like working smart fans into hating him. And I just want to say for the record that is not why I hate him. I think he's a poor professional wrestler. So yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> I he's, like he's like like a good heel would be like someone like you want to see get beat up whereas like elp i'm just like i don't want to see him he's just kind of like exactly yeah. 
you know? I mean, that's exactly it. I mean, look, he could, he's not a good heel if I just don't want to see him on my television. Like a good, like a Jay White is a good heel. Jay White, you know, I don't always enjoy his matches all the time, but I'm not like begging the guy to get the fuck off my TV. And, you know, I want to see him get his ass kicked. Yeah. And I, like, I like it when Naito, like, you know, runs him, uh, man, gives him the Manhattan drop and stuff and like is, you know, kneeing him in the crotch. Like, that's good. Like, yeah. you know, it's good that he's getting punished. But like ELP is like, I don't care if anyone beats him up. I just don't want to see him on my television screen. I want him far away from me. So that is not good heel work. That's just, he's an annoying human being and a professional wrestler I usually do not enjoy. So, yep. Anyway. But overall, though, very good show. Uh, you know, I'd say all three of these shows are really good. Um, you know, definitely check any all three of them out, I think. The only one that was skippable, like I said, was the one that you chose to skip, the <laughs> Tiger Toy Retirement Show. So if you haven't watched any of these four, I would say, you know, the three shows we talked about, the two New Japan Road shows and the Nakanishi Retirement Show, which was a big stunner for me. I wasn't sure. You know, on paper, that card did not look much better than the uh, Tiger Hattori retirement show card looked, but I thought the, the difference in quality was really big. So definitely watch the Nakanishi retirement show, but you, you could definitely skip the Tiger Hattori one. Uh, so let's move over then to DDT, the February 23rd Corican Into the Fight 2020. Uh, this did almost 1,200 fans, which is pretty good, especially considering you know all the, the coronavirus stuff going around. I mean, you know, DDT is definitely drawn. Uh, much smaller cork and crowds than than this, even without a fear of a virus pandemic. So, um, so the show opened with uh, Don Chocodino, who has a anytime anywhere bracelet, and Sasadango talking. Uh, they introduced a new, or they announced a new trainee, uh, Okatani, is who's uh, only 19 years old. He's going to debut on March 3rd, so that'll be interesting. He'll join uh, Keigo Nakamura as like the new trainees. Uh, they went over the current anytime anywhere holders going in, um, which is uh, Aoki, Dino, and uh, Mad Polly have you know the blue, yellow, and green anytime anywhere gauntlets. The black gauntlet was on Cody Hall, but Cody Hall got his ass fired, <laughs> so <laughs> the, the black gauntlet is now vacant. So they didn't announce what's going to happen with that if we're going to uh, you know fill it later or whatever. Uh, and if you don't know how these gauntlets work. They can, you know, you can challenge for this title any time, but you know, just like Money in the Bank, basically, you can challenge for the KOD title. I think, I think you can challenge for any title, but people only ever seem to challenge for the KOD title. Um, you know, anytime you want, but you know, just like kind of like Money in the Bank. But it, only, the the catch is, I'm sorry, what were you we gonna say? Only instead of being like an annoying to carry on briefcase, it's like you know, it's just a little thing on your wrist. You yeah, know? you know you what it reminds check me. Check in through. through. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what it reminds me of, actually? Like a dual disc from Yu-Gi-Oh. I don't know if you ever watched Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh, yeah, no, I love like... Yu-Gi-Oh. I'm big Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like it's a dual all, disc. I think it's some sort of, like, tokusatsu thing. The oh, you racers. mean like, uh, like a Transformer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but, yeah, so the, the, the other big catch, though, with these compared to Money in the Bank is if you get pinned or submitted in any kind of match, tag match, anything, doesn't have to be a singles match, you lose the bracelet to whoever pinned you. So the thing is basically always defended. And the other contract, the new one they introduced this year, is the is a freaking sword. Yeah. <laughs> the Atama Super Arena sword, which you cannot turn in 
to challenge anytime or anywhere, but it means that you are in the main event of the Saitama Super Arena show, Wrestle Peter Pan, uh, in July. So you have to hold that thing all the way through, and the same rules apply. So you can lose that at any time if your pinned or submitted, but you have to hold that. If you hold that thing all the way to June, or yeah, it's June actually. If you hold it all the way to June, you'll be in the main event, their biggest show of the year, the biggest show they've ever done, honestly. So there you go. Uh, that's the and the holder of that going to the show was Daisuke Sasaki. So remember, as you go through these results, if any of these people get pinned, they lose their contract or their sword. Um, the opener was a three way match. Uh, Mad Polly, who again, as you mentioned, currently holds the contract, he defeated Yukio Naya and Keigo Nakamura when he pinned Nakamura with a flying body scissors drop in 235. Uh, the highlight of this was Kago pulling the straps down and like oh, <laughs> kicking yeah. it, kicking at Naya. I'm like, he's like acting like he's Jerry Lawler or something, but it didn't go well for him. And pulling the straps down did not make any difference. He still got his ass kicked by the much larger man. But uh, and then Polly just kind of pinned him. You know, it was <laughs> I was just like quick. sad on him. You know, <laughs> like, it was I quick, it's just really funny. Like the image of like Naya and like Polly next to like Nakura, who's like he's like so skinny and like he's, like really he's, like a skinny little like bald guy in the the little like ones like what you call that like leotard or whatever. Yeah. Oh. How short is he? I wonder. Let me see. I'm curious now because you keep bringing up how tiny he is, and he looks. Well, I mean, in comparison to them, I don't think. Yeah, I don't but I think he. Tiny. Is okay, so he's 168 centimeters. That's not. I guess it's not like super super tiny, but it's pretty. Yeah. It's like five. It's like well, it's like five five. Yeah. So, so you know, next to them, he looks like you know. Yeah. He could be like three. Perfect. You know. Five six. Yeah. Okay, uh, but either way, he got pinned there. Yeah. So, <laughs> match number two, the new eruption unit, Kazusada Higuchi, Yukio Sakaguchi, and Saki Akai, uh, beating Toru Awashi, Naomi Yoshimura, and Mizuki Watase. Higuchi pinning Watase with a Dr. Bomb in 820. Uh, I do this every month when we talk about DT, but I can't imagine these people who refuse to admit that Saki Akai is good now. Like, she is, like, so fucking good. No. And I don't understand these people who are very stubborn. It's like, yes, you've seen her, uh, like, five years ago when she was bad, and you've decided that she's just bad forever. And it's, like, very obvious that you're never going to reevaluate your opinion. Because, like, what else does this woman have to do to be good at professional wrestling with these people? It's like she bumps her ass off in these matches. She took in this like undercard six man tag, the second match she won the show, she's in there like taking all these moves from Awashi and Yoshimura, and like you know she she took like a friggin' neck bump off a like a regular kick. I'm like this woman's like killing herself quite literally to like put on these good matches. And like I don't know what this yeah. And it's what, like what are the what are the sake haters want out of this woman? That's like she's like kicking the shit out of everyone. Like I love it. I love when she's just just. No. Yeah. It's so I, don't know. Good. I don't get it. She's become she has become like a great bumper. A you know, the fact that she just goes in there with these dudes and just fucking, you know, bumps her ass off for them. I mean, she just she's awesome. I don't know what people want. And she I mean, she wrestles uh, you know, in a, a still like a very unorthodox way, I think, which maybe throws some people, but like I don't know, she's legitimately a very good professional wrestler. I don't know yeah. uh what else she can do at this point. But, um, you know, see, Higuchi at one point, like, picked her up and, like, used her as a weapon. 
Like oh, you swung her around. That was awesome. But uh, this was a fun little match. I went three stars on it. I had a good time. Yeah. Uh, I really like this new unit, Eruption. Um, I mean, I liked all three of them individually. And I think together, is they work really well together, even though they're, like, brand new. So I'm excited to see what happens with them in the future. But so far, it's, like, really exciting. I think I'm pretty sure they're all like friends in real life. Probably that's yeah. why they work so well together. Because I remember, I, I definitely saw the three of them together in uh, in Shinjuku once after a show, like like w- walking through the red light district together and stuff. So I think they probably like came together because they're buddies. I mean, the rumor has been that Yukio and Akai are dating. So mm. uh, I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, would make a little bit of sense, I guess, because. You know, Yukio Sakaguchi always like appeared in uh in Tokyo Joshi too, is that uh you know part of the the whole Saki Sama thing. So uh match number three is the all human beings are brothers versus we are family. <laughs> Six fan tie team match. Uh Dino, Super Sasango Machine, and Yasu Rano versus Shinyayoki, Hiroshi Yamato, and Kazuki Hirata ended in a no contest. When a stranger broke in in 858. Uh, I don't really even know how to describe this. So basically, the pre-match, we, you know, so, like they're they're doing coronavirus comedy. I don't know. I mean, that's what they were doing. Uh, which you can, you could debate the, uh, I don't know, the the tastefulness of that. But that's definitely what they were doing. Where Sasango pointed out pre-match that Dino can't be kissing people. Uh, Dino tried to be basically be like, well, okay, fine, the fans. But obviously, I still need to kiss my opponents. And, you know, Sasango was like, no, the, the fans are going to worry. So we all have to wear masks. Not only can you not kiss anybody, but we all have to wear masks tonight. And, you know, you think they mean surgical masks, but they actually meant Dino or uh, Sasango masks, which is funny. I mean, they're all all six men in the match, uh, you know, on both teams, plus also the ref, the referee too, were all wearing these masks. Uh, so, yeah. And by the way, I do this every time as well, but shout out to uh, DDT English, DDT. Uh, underscore eng for the you know translations and stuff, which is very helpful. Uh, DDD Pro underscore eng. The other thing I do is say the name wrong every time. Yeah. Uh, but I yeah, have, the, I always have the the thread that uh, they do open while I'm watching the show because, like, otherwise I'm going to be completely lost. Yeah, I mean that's what I do too, and like I try to I try to look at it because I can be like, well, let me try to like uh, practice my terrible Japanese, but like I end up having to go to it very quickly. So Yeah, it's like I have like Twitter open on my phone and then like wrestling on my screen. I keep like you know, looking back and forth. And it's very helpful. But yeah, so the match ended with an, an eighth person in the match just came in the ring and the lights went out and there was a horror scream and then we just move on. I like everybody's gone. <laughs> and they I- never mentioned it again. It was so good. Like when they when like the guy takes off his mask and you're like like, I, like, seriously just thought it was going to be, like, another wrestler. Like, I was looking at his body and thinking, like, who could this possibly be? And they took up the mask, and everyone's like, who the fuck is this? And there's just the scream, and everything goes dark. I'm like, I was laughing so hard. I, like, mm-hmm. it was ridiculous. I just couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> and a match, match number four, the three-way tag team match, uh, Shima and Soma Takao. Defeated Hiroshima, Yuki Ueno, and Masataka Nashi and Makoto Oishi. 
uh, similar pin to Rishi with the Mad Splash in 922. Uh, if people don't know the backstory here, Soma in when he was doing what's called college wrestling, which is like uh, basically where DDT recruits a lot of the wrestlers from, like basically these amateur clubs in in because <laughs> like there's you know college clubs and we have that here too, but like there's for some reason like colleges in Japan are allowed to have amateur clubs where they pro wrestle. I don't I don't know if that seems like kind of super dangerous to me, but they do this like this really happens and they you know they do these wrestling matches together. Um, but yeah, apparently DET recruits a lot of people from those uh, like the quote unquote college wrestling, which is not not amateur wrestling. In other words, college wrestler college students pretending to be pro wrestlers. Uh, I guess it would be like backyarders here almost, but uh, you know a little more structured. But uh, yeah, so they basically you know, pretend to do this college wrestling thing. Um, you know, and they, they so in, <laughs> I lost my train of thought here, I'm sorry. In the college wrestling thing, Soma Takao was Bima, which is basically obviously a Shima ripoff. So uh, he's always been a huge Shima fan. So we basically had Shima and Bima, <laughs> you know, teaming up here, which was really cool. Um, you know, the, the ex-Bima, Looked like he was having the time of his life in there doing all these double-team moves with Shima, so uh, it was great fun. He obviously pinned uh, Makoto with the Shima's original finish, one of Shima's original finishers, uh, the Mad Splash. So, you know, really fun little match. Three stars again. Uh, you know, good little match. Yeah, I didn't have, I didn't know any of that about how <laughs> I didn't have any, and, and also, like, I you know, I, I'd never watched like Shima really before Be like, because I just don't watch Dragon Gate. Uh, yeah. So now that I have that context, I I love it even more. But yeah, it was a fun match. Um, you know? There's not, not much to say about it. It was, just, it was fun. And now that I know yeah. that context, I, I think that's great. Thank you for telling that to uh, I guess everyone listening and me. <laughs> uh, match number five, the eight-man tag team elimination match. Oh, I should have mentioned too. So if you're wondering why Shima and Soma are teaming up, uh, we have this new thing called the Business Alliance, which is I, between uh, Damnation and Stronghearts. And it's really funny to see, like, in these DDT, uh, like, Cork and, you know, these these cards or whatever from the, on the DDT English Twitter feed. Like, like just see this team listed as Business Alliance. <laughs> it's just kind of funny. It's like, yes, the business alliance is coming for you. Uh, so, yes, it's Daisuke Sasaki, Tetsuya Endo, T-Hawk, and Eldon Demand defeating Akito, Shumakatsumata, Yuki Ino, and Chihiro Hashimoto in 1530. Uh, this was an elimination match where you could go over the top rope just like in a, you know, a lot of Japan elimination matches. I, there were no tags as well, which I didn't even notice, honestly, until I just read that there. But, yeah, so you had to, like, someone had to be eliminated, I guess, before you came in. Uh, so yeah, the, the first elimination, well, before that, first of all, I thought Chihiro and Eno were working really well together, which is funny because they were not working well together last month, but until Chihiro finally like accidentally killed him with a running double sledge, uh, Elinda Man eliminated Shunma with the Aka, Aka Chochin in 441. Uh, Linda Man and Chihiro ended up both on the apron much later after like eight minutes had passed. And, you know, they, they basically fought all the way out there. Chihiro was like a friggin' house of fire before that, like wiping everybody out. She, she was awesome in this match. I mean, like, uh, probably, you know, one of the highlights for sure. But she and Elinda Man ended up on the apron together, and, uh, Eno basically 
you know, after they took turns try- threatening to like German each other on the apron or off the apron, you know, just ran over and sent them both to the floor instead, which was probably a lot safer. So there you <laughs> go. Um, you know, after that, Akito or Shisaki eliminated Ino with the Shisaki Hurakarana in 1404. Akito then turned around and eliminated Sasaki with Inside Cradle in 1410. So that meant that Akito won the sword. Uh, so he was now the new holder of the right to challenge at Saitama Super Arena sword. And this match came down to Akito against Endo and uh, T-Hawk. You know, Akito made a good go of it and, you know, really like almost beat them both. But then he, it came down to just the numbers game catching up to him as a uh, you know, WWE might say, I guess. <laughs> and uh, eliminated Akito with the Yuri Kimomore in 1530, which is a submission he does. And he won the right to challenge swords. So Akito's time as Saitama Super Arena main eventer was short-lived. <laughs> it was really good. Three and three quarters. Um, you know, I thought this was a really fun match. Oh, yeah. And, you know, what do you think of the Before we get into the post-match, what do you think of the match itself? Uh... I loved it. I just, I think the whole, like, the business alliance just has been really, really fun. Um, One thing that I've noticed is that, like, I guess Damnation are kind of, like, goofing around a little bit more, which is, I guess, fun to watch. Um, You know, it's still a little little less, like, selling and goth and a little bit more, like, happy, I guess, sort of. but yeah, I thought this was really fun. Um, I I don't know. I mean, I just it was like nonstop action, so that's always good. It was like there's no there's no part that felt like slow or like why is this here? Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I thought it was really good. I really had a lot of fun watching it. And the post match was even better. Where first of all. Endo takes a sword. He's like, "Look, uh, Daisuke, I got my, I got, I got us the sword back." And Suzaki, like in in agony, is like, "Give me back my sword!" <laughs> like, really, like screaming in agony over losing his beloved sword. But you know, now Endo has it. Uh, but yeah, and then at the end of it, they said, "So uh, <laughs> they gave basically a the call was if you're wondering, it, it's like you know the." There's a famous call, obviously, which is a uh, it's ni sanda, which is a uh, you know Antonio Noki's famous catchphrase, which is like you know just one two three, like you know a pinfall. Uh, and Onakanishi yesterday did uh, it's ni san ho because he does that ho thing when he does Valeriat. But we got the they topped it here, and I can I don't know what it was in Japanese they said exactly, but it translates to one two three business alliance, <laughs> which was so, so fucking funny. But they just they all said that together, so there you go. That's what they said at the end here. Uh the mat the semifinal, the DET Universal title, uh Chris Brooks defeating Kanosuke Takashida with the death by roll up in nineteen twenty six to become the first ever DET Universal champion. Uh first of all, the pre match video, shout out again to uh Mr. Haku of the DET English update, who did a great job with this uh intro video. I would love to ask him about it and be like because I, I watch like a, a lot of like these, you know, because I'm a terrible weeaboo. I watch a lot of these like NHK world, like English documentaries and stuff. And I felt like that's what he was going for. Like he was a very, um, you know, 
like a very like NHK world esque kind of like voiceover. Maybe it's just a generic voiceover, and I've just watched so many of them. That's that's what I thought of. But there you go. I mean, they're obviously doing like CNN style graphics, which uh, you know, I, I think that was very obvious to anybody. But I don't know. Maybe Mr. Aku can tell me if he listens to this because I know he does listen to uh, a lot of these. Was that is that what he was going for? Because like between his voiceover and like the music, it reminded me of like these NHK world type things. Um, but yeah, so I guess because it's, you know, the, the title's supposed to, you know, help DET spread to the world. That's why they did this English set, you know, this English video with like Japanese subtitles. Um, the match itself, uh, it, it's a weird one where like, I, I did, I, I definitely liked it, but I thought it was way below their KOD title match from last year. Yeah, that's like uh, It just felt like, like, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. it was, it was good, but it just felt disjointed, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, that's exactly, like, what I thought in my head while I was, like, because I, I was, like, comparing the two matches, and I was, like, uh, I mean, there was definitely some stuff that was, like, I mean, it wasn't, like, a bad match, and there was some stuff that was, like, interesting, like, um, when Brooks had Takeshita, like, on like the bleacher area and then they like yeah like hung up on there and then did the the knees on him to the floor was like that was ridiculous and that was definitely an, an, an interesting spot um but yeah i definitely say you know it's like good but not like an outstanding match yeah um, i mean they did the top rope germ was awesome too that was oh yeah but then there was like also like a really awkward like top rope bump where i wasn't even sure they were going for um, and it was also weird that like, so they, they fought up into the arm seats, they fought back down and like Brooks, like he slammed, you know, the, the railing that like separates the ringside from the arm seats. He like slammed it into Takashi's arm a bunch of times. So I thought, and then Takashi was like screaming, he's selling really well. So I'm like, oh, it's going to be like an arm match. He's going to work over the arm. The other, that's the setup. But they just kind of forgot about it immediately. And like, they never did any more arm work. I'm just like, what? What the fuck was the point of that then? <laughs> very, very weird. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it felt like, you know, just, I don't know. Like, it just felt like they were very all over the place with the match structure. It wasn't like it was bad. You know, I still went three and a half stars. But like, it definitely was missing something compared to the the KOD title match from the previous year. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Matt, oh, go ahead. Oh, and uh, I, uh, I mean, no, never mind. Um, <laughs> I was just like, wait a minute. Did you? I couldn't remember if you said like the the results of it or not. Like, yeah. and then I'm like, of course you did. Why am I? But yeah. So <laughs> I don't have to worry about spoilers. Yes. So I was rooting for Chris Books, and uh, so I was really happy that he won. You know, because I'm, you know, a little bit like Takeshita always wins these things. So it's like unsure. Like, so I'm like international, they'll probably put on the foreigner, but I'm also like, but it's Takeshita, and he like always wins everything. So I was glad yeah. to see Chris Brooks win. Uh, of course, we, I mean, Takeshita would definitely land on his feet, as we'll talk about in a second. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the main event, oh, before that, after the match, uh, Daisuke Sasaki ran out and hit him with a chair and stole the belt, which was pretty funny. I love so, how he like, like, hits him, and then instead of like staying to beat him up, he just runs away. You know, yeah, he just like, takes the belt and runs. Yeah. Uh, but there you go. So that'll be a... I guess we'll see where that goes in the future. I don't know. 
but I'm assuming that'll be a upcoming title match. The main event, the KOD Openweight title, Masato Tanaka defeating Mao with the Shining D in 2149 for his first defense. This was awesome. Yeah. Uh, very fast-paced match. You know, they just, they really, like, just let it all hang out there. Um, you know, it didn't quite hit, like, the, like, you know, match of the year level for me, but, like, right below that level. I mean, really, really awesome match. Probably my favorite match of all these shows we talked about today, honestly. Um, you know, Tanaka, he, like, went through these plastic cases and, you know, Mao, like, set up a table ringside and, you know, tried to defy driver him off the apron, but, like, instead, you know, splashed him through it off the top. Uh, you know, Mao at one point hit double knees off the top and went for that crazy cannonball thing, but Tanaka got his knees up. And then, like, they ended with like, this crazy, like, elbow exchange where they're just, like, you know, totally unloading on each other. And, you know, have one of my favorite facing exchanges in a long time. Like, the two of them just went completely nuts before, you know, Tanaka finally put him away. Uh, I went four and a quarter. I thought this was really awesome. Um, you know, just below, like I said, you know, I, I almost went four and a half. So, very, very good match here. And definitely, you know, I thought Mao, um, you know, I think some people said maybe it's too soon for Mao, whatever. But I thought he really showed that he was, you know, not just ready for this slap, but really, like, looked really awesome here yeah no that was like i guess my biggest takeaway too about like mal like because i like i'd say he's like he's like tied for first place in terms of like my favorites in ddt it's like i can't choose between him and endo but so he's like but he's like you know one of my number ones i guess um so i always thought like he should get chances like this and like you know i think there's like kind of this I guess idea of him that he's kind of just kind of like a like a goofy guy who does weird stuff. Um, like that he's like really good and like athletic, but like can he like do serious stuff? And uh, I mean, I definitely proved that like he could, and he could still like bring his kind of like weird style into a more serious match and like make it work. Um, and yeah, I just thought it was like a really awesome really exciting match um i liked that uh like in the the pre-show not the pre-show the pre-match video like i guess uh masato tonico is like talking about how he's like willing to like get a little little bit weird um and like so i like that they still had like you know he was i love when he like climbed up and like uh, to do the splash and he brought like the ducks with them and he threw them first like I thought it was really funny like you know because it's like you know it's like this, they're having this serious match and there's all these rubber ducks everywhere it's really good but yeah I loved it I thought it was great and you know they really really awesome event. and you know like you were saying like Mao I do think there was that question of like how will Mao's uh, you know, wacky style really translate into like a big main event. And I thought he really like you know looked great here. So definitely a good sign for you know DET going forward. Uh, but yeah, overall, a really, I not the it wasn't like the greatest cork ever or anything, but uh, definitely closed with a great match and you know had plenty of good stuff on the undercard. So I definitely still enjoyed myself. Yeah, I mean for me with DDT like the base level is like it's always at least like good and enjoyable so this was like you know like i never i never like 
hate any DDT shows, I feel like. So this one was like above the base level. Like I thought it was like very strong show. Um, probably like not like show of the year or anything, but you know, very strong, very enjoyable. Uh, lots of yeah. stuff. I agree. So let me see what's coming up here for DDT. Well, tomorrow uh, in Nagoya, we're going to have a KOD tag team title match with Yuki Ueno and Naomi Oshimura defending against Don Shoko Dino and Super Sustango Machine. Uh, Dino, of course, is replacing Cody Hall. So that is the final time I will have to mention Cody Hall's name in relation to DDT because he is shit canned. Yeah. Uh, as we mentioned before. So that's tomorrow. Uh, also on that show is the. Saki Akai Okibariyasu, Oki Okibariyasu, <laughs> seven match series, the fourth match. Uh, that's his Saki Akai against Miranda Gordy, who's a, I guess, a British uh, indie wrestler. There's not a ton of information on her, honestly. Uh, even like, I don't think she has a cage match profile. But there you go. That's match number four tomorrow. Let's see about the only other uh, big, interesting match there. Uh, the on the March third at the Kitazawa Town Hall, we have Harashima versus Shinya Aoki for the DT Extreme Title. Uh, there will also be a Battle Royal, uh, the Time Difference Battle Royal, which is basically a Royal Rumble, and that will be for you know to for the I, I mentioned earlier the vacant uh, Black Right the Challenge Gauntlet, which again was vacated by Cody Hall, so that will be filled here on March third. Uh, and that's pretty much it for big matches coming up in DDT. Oh, Tetsuya Endo on April 7th and Shinjuku Face. Uh, so we're having a Damnation show, which is called Damnation Illegal Rally Returns. <laughs> uh, Tetsuya Endo will have his eighth anniversary match against Ryuchi Sekine, which is the first time uh, he's ever faced, they've ever faced each other. So that'll be interesting. So there you go. Some big DT stuff coming up. And they also announced for Wrestle Peter Pan during this Corican. Uh, Marufuji will be there. Uh, Mako Satamura will be there, and Kenny Omega will be there. So, I guess Kenny got his immigration problems worked <laughs> out. Uh, I mean, like what I heard was that he was still using his like New Japan work visa. Like New Japan wasn't trying to ban him; he was just like <laughs> doing something illegal and like probably yeah. wasn't aware that that's like he couldn't he probably still thought like oh like i'm i'm still like a, a resident of japan right because i lived there for so long but you know well he's not so he has to he has to get a new visa and he didn't he yeah forgot. so I, heard, I mean i've heard i've heard some stuff too that i can't repeat on the podcast honestly but uh you know he if let's say if he had a like six month ban that would be over so I'm not saying oh. he did or he didn't. Okay. But if he, oh, and no, if he... like, I mean, that would make sense <laughs> going along with, like, if he did something illegal with his visas that he would, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, pay your taxes, kids. Yeah. All right. So, other than that, uh, that'll about do it, I guess. Yeah. What, I guess, go ahead. You got some plugs for us here? Um, I guess okay. Um, well, you can always find me on Twitter, uh, mainly talking about anime and retweeting pictures of uh, Ibushikota at uh, it's twerdy colored C H O E R R Y and then colored spelled the British way. So, okay. so I have it. If you don't know what that is, I have it. In my, I'll have it in the show description. So. 
can definitely check it out there. Uh, as far as Omakase goes, um, you can follow us on Twitter at WrestleOmakase. Wrestling did not fit. Uh, you can give us a um, review on iTunes, which we always appreciate. Um, you know, a good review, not a bad review. Don't be like that guy who got mad that I don't like MJF. Um, <laughs> that's like one of my one-star reviews. Is like a guy who's like, why did John like MJF? Okay. I actually got into a Twitter uh, fight just yesterday with a guy because I didn't like MJF. The MJF fans are like fucking, I don't know, they're like fucking uh, militant or something. Like they're just there's something about MJF where like they if if you don't like him they they take it as an attack on their value system or something. I think it's Sorry, just like yeah. an AEW fan thing. Like they're really <laughs> hardcore like AEW stands. If you like criticize it, we'll just like get on your case. Like some guy tried no, no, to no. Well, me. This, my thing was pre AEW. Believe it or not. Oh my god! So, yeah. Yeah. So. No, for me it was some guy made some. There, there's a there's a thread of some terrible hot takes from some AEW fans, and one of them was that uh, MJF is a much better heel than Kenta, and I was just I was not having it. It was just I'm like yeah. no, like the entire thread was just saying this AEW wrestler is better than this New Japan wrestler. It was like a bunch of people saying stuff like that. the the yeah. The original take. Oh, then the first comment was so bad that I can't even repeat it. It was just so, oh my god, it was so it was terrible. A bad, bad take free zone. I see on Yeah, uh, but it, but um, oh god, what else was gonna plug? Oh, so the Twitter definitely go ahead and give us a review on iTunes. Uh, check out the other Voice Wrestling podcasts. Next week on Wrestling Omakase, uh, we'll be bringing back our New Japan Cup Pick'em. So, you know, assuming we have the bracket by them, which it sounds like we'll have it around Tuesday probably. Uh, if you didn't catch it last year, we basically, uh, you know, we all go through the bracket and pick our winners for all the first round matches. And then we keep going and go all the way to the end and pick who we think is going to win the New Japan Cup, you know, right live on the air. So uh, we'll have three of the same guests from last year. Um, Sue Williams, voice wrestling contributor. Nate, uh, a.k.a. Pittacist from the Everything Elite podcast, speaking of AEW. And, um, you know, maybe I could ask him for his MJF thoughts while he's on. Uh, and Dave McDonald from the Super J cast. So all three of them will be back. Uh, Andy could not return from last year's episode, unfortunately. But uh, we have Tyler on from the Voice of Wrestling. Uh, another Voice of Wrestling contributor. More than suitable replacement. So it'll be a real fun time with all four of them uh, coming on to make their New Japan Cup picks. And we'll see if we can agree on a winner. Or see if everybody disagrees. Last year, everybody made fun of Dame when he picked uh, Chase Owens to beat Chase Robinson in the first round, and he ended up looking like a genius, and we all look like idiots. So we'll see if anything like that happens again. But uh, there you go. So thank you as always for listening, folks. Uh, we always we appreciate it greatly. Oh, and one last thing too, I should mention too. If you don't subscribe to the Omakase feed, not the Voices of Wrestling feed, you should subscribe to the Omakase feed because we might, and I stress might, be starting like a little spinoff thing, which I'm not going to reveal yet what it is. But if you listen to the start of this week's episode, you can probably guess what it might be. But uh, we're going to start that maybe in at some point. But from what I understand, it will be on the Wrestling Omakase feed. It will not be on the Voice of Wrestling feed. So if you don't, if you subscribe to us, 
on iTunes, the Wrestling Omakase feed, you know, you'll be fine. If you subscribe to the Voice of Wrestling feed, and that's how you listen to us normally, you will miss these spinoff episodes. So definitely make sure you subscribe to the Omakase feed if you don't already. All right, folks. Thank you, as always, for listening, and we will see you next week. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.